0: the wild thing about nfts is that i think every pixel on your screen could be an nft one day if you're like using an app nfts are apps on apps on apps on apps on apps they are so interchangeable so interlockable they can feed off of each other
1: let's do this welcome to hello content By T3 Custom, the podcast that explores the forces shaping the future of content with content superstars about strategy tips, deep insights, technological breakthroughs, and even their wildest predictions. I'm your host, Kevin Lund. Let's do this. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Hello Content. I'm Kevin Lund.
0: And I'm Rachel Witzel, your co host. And welcome to our first episode. We're so excited to have you here.
1: Woohoo! Our first episode. I am personally super excited to have our very first guest, Jeff Kaufman of the Jump community. It's a Discord community that is building members in a community of like-minded people around the concept of marketing and branding on Web3. Mm -hmm. He's been a huge advocate from the beginning when there was just a few players in in the space and he's been around for a few years. We're really excited to talk to him. He's got a great mind that you're going to want to pay attention to. And what we're going to talk about today is what I'm calling the Web3 winter, where we know we all know that we're in the middle of a crypto winter, and mm-hmm. that's a bit of a given, and there's a lot of, a lot of fallout that's happening. And we think that Web3 and other concepts like blockchain and NFTs are a little bit of the baby getting thrown out with the bathwater. But this is what happens in every business cycle. Like this is the kind of thing that happens. And we talk about breaking eggs in the interview. That's exactly what's happened. You got to break a few eggs for to make a better omelet later on. And I think that's what's happening. So we think that a few of the rules and protocols and regulations that are going to come down the pike are a good thing for Web3. It's not going away. But The title of the show is Is Web3 Going Away? And of course, I personally don't think it is. I just think there's going to be tools that are borrowed from it. There's going to be new protocols for the internet. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that the promises of Web3 and what it's supposed to bring around privacy and ownership distribution and security, those things are not going to go away. People still have those concerns. So, Web3 itself, including blockchain and NFTs, all offer promises about the future of, of the internet and how we all communicate with each other and build communities globally. Yeah. And Jeff has some very, very interesting perspectives about that. So I think without any further ado, we should get going on this interview. Let's do this. Hey, Jeff, welcome to Hello Content. Thank you for showing up today. Appreciate it.
0: Rachel, Kevin, glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, Jeff, I'm super excited. And of course, we mentioned uh, a little bit about yourself in the intro, so maybe you can help us for those who don't know the jump community as well as perhaps rachel and i do do you want to talk a little bit about like where you guys are and sort of like what you do do you have a sort of a 60 second synopsis
0: yeah the the 60 second synopsis is jump was born out of this idea of jump into web3 so when i was trying to personally figure out when i came across the nft and and DAO and token space it blew my mind. There were 5,000 transactions on OpenSea at the time. Now there's 2 million. Um, There were less than 50,000 MetaMask wallets. Now there's 50 million. And when I was trying to figure out how to enter the space, I was looking around talking to everybody in my network. And for the first time, it blew my mind. I would share this stuff and no one had heard of any of it. It was like Nothing. I couldn't believe that I was sharing all of these frameworks that we're talking about now two years ago and not, and it was just like, Jeff, I don't understand what you have just said. It's the coolest thing I've ever heard. And I have no idea what to do. And these are really smart people. And so eventually after hearing that, I was like, I got to help myself and all of everybody else, all these people that I've been working with for the past 15 years in the broader network. I got to help us make this transition into Web3. Well, let's start a community called Jump. We're going to jump into Web3. And naturally, it's, uh, it's for marketing and advertising professionals, which is my background. How
1: many members are actively on the community right now?
0: So here's where things get interesting. When we say members all right now, oh. I, I like I'm having to think about, are we talking about um, token holders or are we talking about people who are who have been around the journey and they still funny? They identify as jump community members. They are passionate uh readers of the weekly brief that we send out every single week they tell everybody about the community but they don't quite hold the token yet and a lot of that is like you know we before the show we were talking metamask is hard minting a token is hard um what we're doing in terms of building truly our own tech and from the ground up is really hard to get right like if we wanted to make this the Easiest user experience ever. Now we're getting into some of the meat of this, but we would have to make a lot of sacrifices. And the sacrifices that I'm talking about, if you've been in marketing for the last 10 or 15 years and you worked with big sort of tech platforms and you took the easy road of just using these free tools that were gifted to you, and then you had your basically your business or your community or things pulled out from underneath you. You can make those same mistakes in Web3. And I saw all of yeah. that with the big brands that I worked with, learned it all the hard way, not building my own business, well, building my own service and then having to battle, have those battles alongside my clients. Um, so as I think about Web3, it's how do we actually build from the ground up? So it's really hard. So where we are today are 400 NFT holders that's like the core the nucleus the the most hardcore aspect of the community but then we have about 3000 people that we send an email to every single week and it's got a 60% open rate and this community wow. advocates like we grow completely organically i've never done one strategic pr outreach But Coindesk has covered us, Morning Brew has covered us, Business Insight has covered us. And I've never sent a press release to anyone. Yep. So there's this passionate community sort of around us. And if you think about web three as community, again, getting into some of the nuts and bolts, there's it's like this onion layer. If you like onions, <laughs> maybe there's a better analogy. If you love onions, onions. <laughs> I'm Italian. How if, can
1: I not like a? Like... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love
0: onions. Um, so if you think about community in Web three, there's like a nucleus. You have your your token holders, and then you have your people. They get a lot of value from what those token holders do, create, and say. And then you've got a broader ecosystem of people that just kind of flow in and out they're they're receiving value maybe not on a daily basis but there's moments in time where they're very connected to what that nucleus is doing so when i think of sort of like us it's about 3 or 400 i think today almost 400 nft holders and then this broader 3000 group that we communicate with right now just over email and then outside of that you've got seed club and you've got the network of these other DAOs that we actually hold some of their tokens, and they hold some of our tokens, right. and we are strategically aligned to build within the ecosystem together. And that's okay. that's really helpful.
1: That's really exciting, Jeff. I'm really I'm happy for you guys. i obviously, I mean, it's no lie. We're in the middle of a crypto winter, but I feel like it's a little bit of a, a Web three winter too. You know, suddenly mm. everybody. I mean, they're talking about Web3, but you can kind of tell that everybody's sort of taking a little bit of a wait and see now. Yeah. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. Crypto's not dead. I mean, there's, it's just people love to talk about it like the way they talked about the Internet when it, the dot-com crashed in 2000, yep. right? Oh, the Internet's dead. But no, I mean, you know, out of the ashes rises Amazon and then Google came a couple of years after.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, one... When the bull market was going, I was kind of pulling my hair out because it's so distracting. I'm like actually thankful for this like sort of quiet time to build and to focus. I wake up in a much better state actually in a bear market. I'm like at my core, like I wanna build, I wanna get in, like I, I like the hard. But then when there's this rocket ship happening and all this stuff going on, and believe me, it's fun. And if you are a little savvy, you can play this like casino and have a lot of fun and do well, but it's not a good time to build. And it's very, it's a different kind of psyche. So I actually really enjoy and appreciate what, what's happening right now from like a big macro and trends perspective. I'm not a financial guy per se, but we did share earlier that we actually you know, both worked on similar financial clients in our past. What's happening in crypto and, and Web3 is like, we've always had boom and bust cycles in any economy. And from thousands of years ago to today, what's happening in crypto is those boom and bust cycles, the, they're just shorter, they're tightened. Instead of a yeah. big sort of boom and bust every 10 or 15 or 20 years, it's every three or four. And I think the the biggest thing that I would say to anybody getting into the space right now is this isn't the last boom and bust cycle. It's just going to keep happening. It's the nature of this global free market. Like you have to understand, even if you're not sort of a hardcore financial person, there are financial trading tools available globally to anybody that are comparable, like in the US, only hedge funds, like top tier hedge funds would have access to these types of financial instruments and trading tools. Whereas in crypto, uh, literally a 13 year old could have access to this in any single country. And so, you know, part of that is like, well, that's crazy. We don't like that. But then the other side is like, actually, that's pretty awesome. Um, And the market Though it's free and it happens at the speed of Web 2 communication, that's the other thing that we have to understand about the speed and how quickly things move. You have this global financial market that has access to tools that only top tier hedge funds in the US or leading economies used to have. And you have the speed of communication of Web 2, which we understand is a game changer. So Web 1 was built at the speed of traditional media. Web 2 was built at the speed of email and search. And Web 3 is being built at the speed of social, which is just lightning. And you combine all of that, and these boom and bust cycles are not going anywhere. So typically, they've trended along with the Bitcoin happening, which I think is 2024, 2025. So just expect another huge boom and another huge bust, and we're just going to keep building along the way.
1: Yeah, you really couldn't have put it any better than that. A big part of the DeFi problem is the the pipes that have been built and the infrastructure that's been built around the financial system. It's so deeply entrenched on decades of, you know, good and bad behavior. But like these things are built in such a way they don't really allow for new technologies to be built on top of it. What are the tools of Web3? What are the principles of Web3 that are going to make it to the next round, you know, and, and sort of build out this 2.5?
0: So that's one thing about the language of Web1, Web2, Web3. It feels like we're talking about iPhones and hardware of like, oh, I got my iPhone 12 and now I got my iPhone 13 and iPhone 12 is just toast, right? It's just on the, it's eventually we're just not going to use it. It's going to sit on the shelf and or actually the iPhone one would be something that sit on the shelf. Everything else just gets thrown away. That's not actually what's happening. It's not this upgrade, and then we just throw away like the old device. Really, they're two parallel systems, two parallel worlds that are gonna interact with each other. Um, And really, what I would say is Web 3 becomes like underneath Web 2. Web 3 is sort of the base layer in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, when I think of crypto and blockchain to me, that is the future of the internet, right? It replaces, um, now it doesn't totally replace, but it's like cloud. It's like data storage infrastructure. It's really becomes like the underpinning base foundation for all of the internet and then, so when when I think of it that way, I think Facebook, Google, Amazon, can Apple, all of these existing tech platforms are actually positioned to do incredibly well if they just continue to build on top of it. So that, that's kind of like the way I think about Web3, is that it's not actually in competition with Web2, although if Web2 businesses don't integrate... Uh, into sort of this Web three tech stack, then their businesses are gonna struggle. But it's gonna open up a way for uh, a different a Web two property that integrates into Web three to do better than the old world of Web two.
1: Okay, that that makes a lot more sense. And you're actually the first person I've heard to say Web three will be built under Web two, which is interesting yeah. to to think about that. And I kind of think the same way. I just didn't really put it. I didn't think about it in that frame
0: in Web two communities were built on platforms right and in web 3 platforms are built on communities meaning the tokens let's talk a little bit about tokens for a
1: second because i think that's a really important point that you've hit on here there's you know again baby with the bathwater, nfts falls in that category suddenly oh the world doesn't need nfts Tell me where you think the world of tokens and NFTs is going. Is it is it still a marketplace of NFTs, or are we using NFTs or tokens to build communities as sort of a value add for brands? Where do you think NFTs and tokens are
0: gone? So, as a result of all this the the wild thing about NFTs is that I think every pixel on your screen could be an NFT one day if you're like using an app, like. NFTs are apps on apps on apps on apps on apps. They are so interchangeable, so interlockable. They can feed off of each other. Like you have to get down to like that smart contract level of what is programmed into the NFT, and if you can just sort of understand that an NFT is actually can be like an app that talks to other apps. And then eventually you're going to go to any sort of like digital experience. And it's just a like a Lego of NFTs, which are smart contracts pieced together and all working together to do stuff. And then that's where you get the protocol layer. So you kind of hear these other terms of talking about tokens. The protocols are kind of like the thing that builds the NFT and kind of like manages it right and then that's why we're talking about this infrastructure that just kind of like builds out this new internet and the old internet is just going to migrate over on top of it
1: what does the future of decentralization look like in your opinion
0: regulation is going to happen our existing government infrastructure is going to regulate and i'm always going to play nice with those regulatory smart uh, smart laws that's one of the reasons why jump and sky club and parachute it's all built in the way that it's built is because I'm just saying, I'm not going super far down this D gen path that I know a lot of people and have friends that that are doing. I'm just like, I'm not going to play that game when I see what's going on at like a really deep level. This is just like a massive technology, societal shift where like when i think of blockchains a good question is what is ethereum is ethereum a startup is ethereum like facebook or ibm or ford right it seems like this technology this this new sort of next wave of like big technology to me ethereum is like a competitor to the u.s right (laughs) now people in the u.s would be like oh shit like You know, we don't want, but that's really what these blockchains are. These are digital nations. They're not startups. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. So we have to figure out how to do how to get along and work with each other. Right. I mean, this is going to be truly a test for, for global unity in a way. Yep. I would be remiss if I didn't mention Mr. Musk in this conversation only because of what's happening with Twitter. Do you think that this is sort of paving the way? for a new social media
0: a new type of social media it's tough to say what must strategy i mean we can just talk in terms of options and we can say like it's gonna have it's there's kind of two paths one is uh sort of that web 2 infrastructure that taps in and to get in and like leverages web 3 right the other is twitter itself becomes a protocol and tries to become mm. sort of like that decentralized social thing. And so there are examples of this lens protocol, Farcaster. caster. Um, there's a few others. Mm. So there are protocols and blockchains that are trying to figure out decentralized social and, and what that means. And so, you know, Twitter and Musk have sort of this option of do they kind of build on top of what those protocols create Or does Twitter become a protocol itself? Kind of going in that same thread, I'm curious if you think that Twitter kind of transitioning to this protocol layer might be one of the kind of final pushes that brings the general public more on board with Web3. Absolutely. And, you know, when we talk about how fast things are moving, again, this is one of the reasons why I just like went all in on Web3 a couple of years ago. I was I was running a nice P and L in a sort of a in a big agency, right? We're a billion dollars in billion I had a thirty yeah. million dollar P and L, and I had a nice like gig, and I just threw it all away to be an entrepreneur and try to build something crazy. And I didn't know a single person when I did it, right? Everybody I've met right. has been through the internet and Discord and and Twitter. The reason is because this is all moving at a speed that we uh, we cannot even understand how fast it's moving. And one of the, I think the privileges that I have is that I was able to catch wind of all this before we had this big hype moment, like we kind of discussed earlier. So I, I have that uh, perspective. I got to see it from tiny, 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 and then see how fast it went. Now, I'm the yeah. type of person it's typically like I over project how quickly things are going to happen. Right. And there's there's sure. stats. I think it was Bill Gates that says that said something like, We over-project what'll happen in like one to two years, and we exponentially underproject what will happen in 10 years because our human brain just can't, it just doesn't think that way. Like yeah. we didn't we didn't evolve to to understand that. We just evolved from season to season. However, you know, there are you know, some people I fall into that bucket where I'm like, oh, things are going to change so wildly and this is going to be so crazy. Well, when I was getting into this space, if you had asked me if Visa would buy a CryptoPunk in August of 2021, <laughs> if you had asked me, I'd say, w- OK, when would Visa buy a CryptoPunk? And this is early 2020. I'm just getting into it. I would have said. 2025 at the earliest. Wow. Yeah. And and I am the type of person that way over projects how quickly things can happen. And so as I saw what unfolded over the past couple of years and then what's being built right now, so Rachel back to kind of the the speed that you were talking about, you have Meta, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, that whole family of brands. Mm-hmm. They are about to onboard a Billion people with wallets now. How they're going to do it, you know what that structure is going to look like. But in two years, a billion people are going to have wallets, and then you have Musk yeah. turning Twitter into a protocol. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Having said all this, you kind of alluded to the future. Give us your wildest prediction.
0: Yeah. So, so the absolutely wild thing, DAOs, I think, are going to be a much bigger deal than we all realize right now. So in 10, 15 years, essentially, we're all going to be a part of some sort of DAO. We're going to identify more with that DAO than we do our own city. Wow. Okay. And our own state, right? That, That DAO will be more important to us and it will be globally distributed. Interesting. Basically, DAOs are taking over the world. Yes. Yes, absolutely. But what it starts with is it starts with a startup. Right, yeah. I think the mistake that a lot of people are making is they go try to create the DAO first, and you hear of all these playbooks where it's like we created this DAO, and then this DAO is going to go create startups. I, that's almost every single playbook I've seen. Oh, okay. We have taken the exact opposite approach. We're saying no, we're going to create startups first, and then the DAO will come later. The DAO is is more emergent. So in our case, you know, just to talk about strategy here, we're selling the Sky Club NFT. That's like community access. It provides value in just holding it. You know, the price meets the expectation of what you get. It's it's great from day one. You hold it, you own it, you use it, you get value, you learn something, right? That capital is being used to build the first startup, Jump News. Jump News will operate as a pure startup. It's not a Dow. And it's designed to be a business, but then a portion of that revenue from jump news is going to go into a treasury okay and then that treasury like a sales tax so a portion of that startup's revenue that merchant that early merchant that's building sort of a fishing trade is starting to say well there's a lot of people here and you know i I think we need to do something to like organize ourselves a little bit better let's place a sales tax on our fishing business and start to like contribute to this more communal pot. Right. So that's Makes the, sense. that's Makes the thinking sense. here. Is jump news has a sales tax on it for this digital city or, or state that it exists in. Okay. And the goal is to create as many startups as possible that will self tax themselves. And then the sky club, basically NFT are the citizens. That's the passport to govern that treasury.
1: Wow. Yeah. As we end the show here, I want people to, to be a part of our community. Um, how do they find you at Jump? You know, where's the website? What's the channels?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Jeff Kaufman Jr. on Twitter. Um, if you search that kind of on the internet, you'll probably find a, a few links to, to, to me. So the URL for Jump News is jumpnews.xyz. Pretty, pretty simple.
1: Well, Jeff, thank you for being on uh, on our first episode of Hello Content. You're a leader. You're an inspirer.
0: Appreciate it. Rachel, Kevin, thank you. Honored to be the first guest. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. Absolutely. Excellent.
1: Excellent. Chat soon, Jeff. Let's do this.
0: All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to our very first episode and our conversation with Jeff Kaufman. Um, I know we had a blast talking to him. Hope that you guys also gleaned some valuable insights there from him as well. Let's do this.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of Hello Content, produced by the brilliant Rachel Witzel. Our theme music is by Cake Without Candles. We'll be back for another episode next week, wherever you listen to podcasts. In the meantime, you can check us out online at t3custom.com. That's the letter T, the number three, custom.com. Thanks again.